I want to start a, a series as we build up towards Harvest Event, as we start the fourth quarter of this year. Can you believe it? The end of this year is already uh, upon us. It's coming towards an end, and it's not end yet, not finished yet. But the year is drawing to a close in a few months' time. And it's important that we understand the reason why we are Christians, why we do what we do. I want to start a series this morning called Destination Dominion. And the Lord's just really been pressing this word in my heart the last while. Genesis 1:28, the Bible says, And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it using all of his vast resources in the service of God and man and having dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living creature that moves upon the earth. So speaking about the economy, speaking about the, the, the world at large, the Bible says have dominion over, amen. So God's plan for man is destination dominion, both here on earth and in the life that is to come. We know that Jesus has already gained dominion for us in eternity one day when He defeated the enemy, when He gained victory for us over sin and death on the cross. He said it is finished. And so therefore we have dominion in eternity. There's nothing to fear, although death will come to every one of our lives eventually. The Bible says we have eternal dominion because Christ gained that for us. But while we're on this earth, the Bible says we have to gain dominion by our faith. We have to use our faith to gain dominion. And so often as children of God or as Christians, or sometimes religion will teach you, it's just about trying to survive and get through life and get by. But I want to encourage us today and challenge you and say to you that your destination as a Christian, as a child of God, is to walk in dominion over God's creation. Amen. God does not want His creation to have dominion over you. Now, let's not be ignorant or naive this morning with the reality that life is a complex journey of various twists and and turns and ups and downs and smooth roads and bumpy roads, calm days and stormy days. And that's why God gives us the dispensation of faith. He gives us His Word. He gives us His Holy Spirit to walk by faith in order for us to gain dominion on this earth. And I want you, I want to reiterate that and I'm going to uh, repeat myself a few times this morning because I want you to understand no matter what you are facing today, no matter what circumstances you are facing, no matter what unexpected circumstances you might be facing, as life will always give us sometimes unexpected circumstances, that does not change God's plan and desire for your life to walk in dominion. We don't suddenly settle for a new plan or a different plan, thinking that God has forsaken us or left us. No, God's plan for your life is to operate and walk in dominion. If you are a businessman, if you are a doctor, a, a teacher, professor, whatever you are, the, the God wants you to operate in that area of your career in dominion. He wants you to be the top and not the bottom. He wants you to be above and not beneath. But you have to understand that this morning. Amen. And so Jesus says we'll have tribulations. Paul calls them these light afflictions that we might experience at time. And that does not change God's plan or desire or His command over your life that He wants you to walk in dominion. You see, dominion on earth is gained through the principles of Jesus, His Word, walking with Him, listening to the Holy Spirit as He instructs us through the potholes of life, as He instructs us and guides us and leads us through life in order to walk in dominion. But dominion in heaven one day is, is gained through the person of Jesus. So dominion on earth is gained through the principles of Jesus, but dominion in heaven one day is gained through the person of Jesus. You must be born again. You have to put your faith in Christ. That is how you access heaven. You don't arrive in heaven through your good works. You don't fall into heaven by accident. The government can't put you into heaven. You can't do your, your good works, can't get you into heaven. You have to put your faith in the sacrificial, uh, the blood of Jesus on Calvary. That is how you get into heaven. You have to believe in Jesus Christ. 
I was watching an interview this week on social media between a very popular podcaster and a person of a different faith to Christianity. And they asked him about what does he believe about Christianity? And it was amazing to say, he said, no, well, I just believe that Jesus, he said, Jesus is a rebel that, was, that had a cause that, uh, that paid with his life for his cause. He said, that's all. He's, just a, he's not a prophet. He's just a guy that had a, some political cause. And as a result of that, he said he died for, his, for, for, what he, for uh, being a, a rebel in his lifetime. And I thought to myself, that's great. Just, you know, right-click, delete, move Jesus off the page, because that's the easy option for people when they don't want to believe. Amen. But there will come a time, there will come a day. The Bible says that every man will stand before Christ. It is appointed for man to die once and then the judgment. Not a day to fear. That is why you have to understand. God wants you to operate in dominion in heaven one day through Christ, faith in Christ. But He also wants you to walk in dominion on this earth. You are going to find different trials and tribulations. Storms of life will come. But that does not change God's command over your life. Have dominion over my creation. Amen. Don't allow my creation. Don't allow the economy. Don't allow the the stock markets or whatever it is. Don't allow circumstances to have dominion over you. Can you say amen this morning? And that is why He commanded man to have dominion over and not to let His creation have dominion over you and I. So the word dominion in Hebrew is radar. It means what? To tread down, to subdue, to bring under full control, to prevail against and to reign over. So God wants us to what? He wants us to tread down circumstances. When you are faced with unfair situations, unfair circumstances. Uh, I was away in Pretoria last week and some person decided to visit my house for affirmative shopping. Amen. So we saw him on the camera and uh, we saw the guy uh, nonchalantly walking around the house uh, attempting affirmative shopping. So I said, well, praise God. Now, must I fight the devil? Must I do what? No, we're living in a fallen world. That's why poverty is a curse. That's why people will come to you. The thief comes only but to steal, kill and destroy. Amen. So it's a, it's a, it's a fallen world we live in. Now we can't roll over, you know, uh, turn ourselves into a little ball and feel sorry for ourselves. We have to, what? Advance, keep getting better, keep improving life. I tell you all the time, when load shedding comes, start to believe God for solutions. There are solutions to load shedding called solar. And I say this publicly because sometimes we go, we have to wait for the government. No, you have to use your, what? Your giftings, your tenacity. You have to use your faith to find solutions. Christians should be the greatest solution finders on the planet. Why? Because the creative force of Christ lives in us. Amen. We should be the greatest entrepreneurs. We should be the greatest artists. We should be the greatest designers. We should be the greatest developers. Why? Because the creative force of Christ lives in us. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and I. We should understand that God's will for us is a place of dominion. Amen. So we don't point fingers and blame, play the blame game all our lives. No, we find solutions to life's challenges. Can you say amen? Through faith in Christ. So my question to us this morning, what situation or circumstance or substance in life or in God's creation is currently treading you down? Because the Bible says dominion is to tread down. What is treading you down this morning? What is having control over you today? Is it your emotions? Is it your feelings? Is it what, it, what is it? Is it circumstances? What is prevailing against you this morning? What is trying to reign over you in your life? What is trying to depress you, push you back into a corner? That is what depression is. It is when you are deeply pressed into a corner. The fiery darts of the enemy, the Bible says, will come to all of our lives. We have to know and learn how to lift a shield of faith against the fiery darts of the enemy. That is how we continue 
continue to advance and move forward. I love watching, I mean, the opening of Dream Week. Wasn't Dream Week great this last week? I mean, what an incredible week we had with incredible speakers. And I love the way in which the opening, which I didn't know what it was going to be, but the opening of Dream Week was amazing as they just had all those dancers with those shields on the stage, if you saw it. And it was this, they, they formed this, this, this barricade of shields together. And as they moved and as they sort of depicted a kingdom advancing, I thought to myself, that's exactly what Christians have to understand. That is your life. Every day the enemy will throw a fiery dart. He's relentless. He's not going to back off because he's the God of this world. The Bible says he was cast down to this world, to this earth. And so you must understand there is a spiritual enemy that's trying to derail you. He's trying to depress you. He's not, we're not afraid of him. Uh, oh, death, where is your sting? We, 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 we submit to God and we resist the devil. So we're not trying to fight the devil. We're resisting his, his lies and his accusations, the wiles, the methods, the tactics, the schemes of the enemy. That is why so many people start out in faith. But when they find a few uh, months or weeks of persecution, they start to get to this place where they think, is this all worth it? And they want to go and sit down. And my challenge to us this morning is that you are going to advance. You are going to move forward. You're not going backwards. You are going over. You're not going under. Why? Because your destination is dominion. Amen. Bump your neighbor on your left hand side. Say, your destination is dominion. Bump your other neighbors, say, dominate. I want you to notice the Bible never says have dominion over people. You're not called to have dominion over people. You're called to lead people. You're called to help people. You're called to, to, to invest in people. You're called to, to work with people. The Bible never says have dominion over people. If you are trying to have dominion over people, stop it. You're not called to have dominion over people. You're called to work with people to have dominion over God's creation. Amen. So build a building. Clean the land, smack a hole through a mountain, build a high rise, duty, b- b- believe God for greater things. Why? Because God said, have dominion over my creation. Are you here this morning? So God's desire for you and I is to tread down, to have full control, to prevail over, to, rail, to reign over the situations, the circumstances of His creation in this life. God wants us to dominate this earth. Amen. But what I've noticed in my 30 years of serving Christ and what I've had to deal with and work out in my own salvation the Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Every one of us are on a journey of working out our salvation. But what I found that, that, that causes so many to feel inadequate or inferior or unfulfilled or uncertain in life on their journey to dominion is this misunderstanding between possession and purpose. I want to talk to us a little bit about that this morning. The misunderstanding or the understanding, the difference between possession and purpose. And what the enemy will do all the time on your journey to dominion, kingdom dominion, kingdom advancement, church advancement, church growth. The, the, the purpose of Jesus is to have a large church. We should not speak about small churches. We should speak about large churches. Why? Because when Jesus taught His disciples a lesson on kingdom growth, He took His disciples and said, here is a strategy to catch fish that they couldn't catch by themselves. And so He gives them a strategy. And they said what? We've toiled all night like many people are toiling through life and we shouldn't toil. We should walk by faith and we should, we should, we, there should be ease at times because the, the Spirit of God, the anointing oil of God is upon us and we can ask for wisdom when we lack. But the Bible says they were toiling all night, having caught nothing. And when Jesus comes to them, He says, cast out your net on the other side. And when they cast out their net on the other side, the Bible says they caught such a great catch of fish that they did not have the ability to, to pull it into their boat. 
They had to ask other people to come and help them to, to uh, uh, assist them with the catch of fish. But then Jesus says this. He says what? He says, the same way in which you caught these physical fish as fishermen, as I taught you the lesson of profit and blessing your business and your life. He said, this is how we're going to catch men now. So he gives us a picture, a metaphor of what the church should look like. The church should look like a net-breaking, overflowing, large entity. Amen. We should see churches bursting at the seams. Our buildings should be too small. But if you don't understand that your destination is dominion, you're going to settle for second best. You're going to settle for toil and grind. Uh, if, you, if you, well, I don't know. My wife drives an automatic now, but when she drove a manual, I told her, a rubber reverse gears come next year. Amen. Because I'm going to love it. Clutch. Reverse. But an engine that, or a gearbox that grinds is not going to last very long. How are you doing? Oh, I'm just grinding it out. I'm just grinding it out. No. When Samson lost his vision, he ground at the, at the, at the, at the, 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 the steel, the, the stone mill. That's what happens when you start to lose your vision, your focus, your purpose. You start to, you start to misunderstand this difference between possession and purpose. And so it's on this journey towards destination, dominion, that the enemy manages to confuse mankind in misunderstanding the difference between purpose and possession. Most people think dominion is the aim of gaining or owning the most possessions. And so they spend most of their lives chasing the literal car's wheel like your dog who sees the car drive past and he tries to chase that car's wheel all the time in the hope that when he gets it, what are you going to do with it? It's like most people. We think if only I could guess, catch that car's wheel and I could own it. And when the car stops, the dog goes, well, that was a pointless exercise. And sometimes when we chase the possessions of this earth above purpose, it becomes a pointless exercise. Because God has designed you and called you for a place of purpose. Can you say amen this morning? So whilst chasing the wheel of possession, they miss the purpose of God for their lives or the reason that God blesses them with possessions. So God's not against you owning, having possessions. But the reason God graces you and gifts you and gives you the ability to own things on this earth is for one reason, it's for purpose. It's to do something with those possessions to cause something to advance. Notice when the early church started, and they sold their things and brought it to the church. It was for the reason to advance. It wasn't to try and make the pastor wealthy or the pastor rich or the church comfortable. It was to advance. Purpose is always about advancing something. It's about taking territory. It's about doing something significant with the things that God has blessed you with. Not to hold on to them. And what the enemy will do is the enemy will try to get you to hold on to the things of this world. He tries to deceive you with possession versus purpose. His whole life... His whole purpose, His purpose is to get you to hold on to possessions. Watch, the Bible is clear about this throughout Scripture. Look what Jesus said in Mark 8.36. He said, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Yeah, we've seen this one verse, the conundrum that mankind faces in one verse. The gain for profit and possessions at the cost of one's purpose. He said, what does it help? You gain all the possessions of this earth. And I, I don't misunderstand me this morning. I'm not against owning things. The Bible says you have to seek first the kingdom of God. Listen to what Matthew 6.33 says. But seek first the purpose of God, the kingdom of God. And He's right standing with Christ through Christ. And He says in all these things, possessions will be added to you. So God says there's an order. There is seeking first the kingdom of God. His purpose for your life, the reason you are born, the reason you are born again. You have a fingerprint that's unique to you. I have a fingerprint and you have one. 
You can be identical twins, but you have separate fingerprints. That's God's nature. Why? Because your fingerprint needs to leave a mark. It needs to leave a legacy. But the enemy will try to get you to think you are worthless. The enemy will try to get you to a place where he thinks he wants to silence your voice. He wants to shut you down. He wants to make you work at your salvation through the good works of your flesh. He wants you to try to get better at being a better person all the time. And the Bible said it's the good work Christ begins in us. Now, that doesn't mean to say you can do what you like. But the minute you start to try and fix yourself all the time, outside of the finished work of Christ, you're going to start missing your purpose. Because you won't feel worthy to do something for Christ because the enemy is going to remind you of what you did wrong yesterday and you feel unworthy to say something today because he reminds you of your yesterday. And Paul says, we forget the things that are behind. And we press and we lean, what? To the upward call in Christ, not the downward spiral. It's the upward call in Christ. The road of the righteous leads upward, amen. Your life has to go forward. It has to advance. You have, you have to understand. God wants you to own your own house on this earth. You are able to own your own house. But pastor, no, it's, you have to change your mindset. We're on a, on a journey of destination dominion, amen. Are you here this morning? You can own your own car. My, my grandfather always said a third class ride is better than a first class walk. Amen. So your car might not be the best right now. I used to have a 4x120 at one stage. It was a 1600 Toyota Corolla. That exhaust was held on with a piece of wire. And uh, the, 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 the bumper was held on with a Psalm 91 sticker. So it didn't fall off. It used more oil than petrol. But it was a car. And I used to drive and then stand at the traffic lights and look at the guy next to me. And I used to look into his mag because his car was up there and I was down here. And I always felt inadequate because the enemy always tries to make you chase possessions. You're not good enough. You haven't got enough. You don't own enough. You haven't, you haven't, you haven't, you haven't earned enough. You haven't, you know, I haven't made enough money. You don't live in the right suburb. It's this quest for possession. You always want, you always need to, I can't do this for you, Jesus, because I, I, I've still got to go and bury my father. I must still go and sell that piece of land. I must, I must first make money, then I can come and tithe. No, come as you are. Because God starts a good work in you. It's a kingdom work in you. It's a kingdom shift. Because the world, the kingdom of this world becomes the kingdom of our God and becomes our, our possession on this earth for the advancement of His kingdom. Are you here this morning? So the Bible says what? Listen to what the Bible says in Genesis 1.28. The Bible said, And God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. Now notice what he says. He says this. He says, Using all of its vast resources in the service of God and man. There it is. How do you bring the earth's creation under subjection? Is you use the vast resources in the service of God. So God wants us to use His resources on this earth for the service of God, for the advancement of the name of Jesus Christ. Why do you think the world is on this journey to shut the Bible down? Do you know that in America and some states right now, and I'm going to be careful what I say because I see on Mondays uh, these social media platforms, they've now got these algorithms that they build into these live streams. And then what happens is they, 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 they block your, when you say certain words. So if I just say a certain word that wasn't W-O-K-E now, it's that word. If I say it now, you see they hear it. And they go, he said that word. Then they block your stream. They've got these algorithms. If you say anything against anti-GOV, um, I've got to spell it now to you. Because if I say it and they hear it, uh, the staff tell me that sometimes the sermons on, on Monday morning, then you just hear, 
they, they, they mute that because they're trying to stop you from speaking truth. And I say this to us because in some states, in, 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 in the states right now, they're trying to outlaw the Bible as a book of instruction. They, 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 they won't allow you to instruct any human from the, from the Scripture. Why? Because they know if you take Scripture out of society, you take the foundation out of society. And we've got a chaotic society. Then they know that the, the world systems and everything else has dominion over you and I. You become like this, like this, 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 this sort of, you just got to stand in a row and do what we say. Follow our instruction. Yet you, they try to remove the unction of the Holy Spirit. They try to remove the witness of the Holy Spirit. They try to remove the, the still small voice that you are able and privileged to hear because you're born again, because you're filled with the Spirit of God. They want to remove Scripture. They want to remove the Word of God. They want to take it away from your life. And you have to make a stand and say, no, you are not removing God's Word from my life. You are not removing. You can't take Christ out of me, Amen. Oh, yeah, this morning. And I say this to us because I, we get all these religious people on Social media, as we, we rent the casino for a harvest event, and I get these religious nuts, and they tell us, that's disgusting. How can you rent a casino to have a harvest event? I said, well, let me hermeneutically speak that correctly to you now, because before I lose my, I go back into my flesh. But that's what religion does. I mean, if Jesus was here now, he would have been in the casino every day speaking to the sinners. That's where he went. He was accused of being a glutton and a wine bibber because he sat with people that weren't like you and I. He said, I haven't come to seek those that are well. I've come to seek those that need a physician, those that are sick. So we are sick people. They're in the world. They're in the nightclubs, the bars, the pubs, the casinos. So we don't rent it simply because we want to. It's the largest facility that's available in Cape Town. We're going to, get, we're going to stadiums uh, next year for our next harvest event. But people will always try, people will always try and, and silence the advancement of God's kingdom. And what you have to be aware of, you have to walk in discernment. So when you start to go to work and you start to reach out to the people at your work, when you start to speak up for Jesus Christ, the first thing people want to do is they want to stop you. Why? Because the enemy wants to stop you on your destination to dominion. He wants to stop you from doing that business transaction or buying that house or putting fear into you. He wants to, put, he wants to get you to put your tail between your legs and run away. He wants you to get you to flee. No, no, the Bible says we resist the devil and he flees. So we don't fight the devil, we resist him. Can you say amen this morning? So using God's resources for God's purpose, that's what the enemy wants, doesn't want you to do. You see, the enemy wants you to seek the resource and not the source. That's his nature. He wants you to seek the resource and not the source. From the beginning of time, he put this nature, the fallen nature in man. And so he wants to confuse you. Chase possession, own more things. And uh, pastor, are you against owning things? No. But if those things become your first priority, if you have to stop coming to church because you have to manage your possessions, I have a problem with that. Because I've seen people in my own life, family members, that started out on this journey of faith and God started to bless them financially, bless their business, bless their life, and suddenly they stopped coming to church on Sunday nights. Then they stopped coming to church on Sunday mornings. Why? Because now we've got too much work. God is so good to us, so we stopped doing certain things we did before because we have to manage, what, the possessions that God has blessed us with. And guess what happens? It's a setup to get you ice cold, to take you away from the fire of God's presence on a Sunday, to set you up to a place of lukewarmness. And what starts to happen? Watch. Watch the signs. We don't look for signs, but watch them. 
you start to, out of your mouth comes, yeah, but you know, you don't understand. Here it comes. Here comes the justification. You were justified by faith through Christ's blood. Now we start to justify our actions. Yeah, but I love him. I love her. Uh, you don't understand. No one understands us. He starts with a subtle, he's very subtle, he's very cunning. Listen to what the Bible says. Genesis 3 verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any living creature of the field which the Lord God had made. He's subtle and he's crafty. The wiles, the schemes, the methods of the enemy. And he, Satan, said to the woman, Can it really be that God has said, Here he starts. Can it be that you should come to church every Sunday? Can it be that you should be part of a local church? He starts. You start in the front row, the middle row, the back row. Four Sundays, three Sundays, two Sundays, one Sunday, morning only, no evening, uh, every second Sunday, once a month, once every six months, bam, see you on social media in the bars and the pubs with a, with a glass of beer in your hand. That's what he does. I've seen it. I've seen it. In 30 years, I've seen it. If I wanted to be there often, if I wanted to run away from my call often, if I wanted to quit sometimes often, because he comes with his fiery darts, but you have to resist the enemy. It's not he who endures to the end of the service. It's not you endures to the end of COVID. It's you endures to the end of your natural life. So we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by feelings. We can't be led by our feelings. You have feelings. I told somebody in the gym this week, I said, feelings are like having a flicker in your car. You need it when you have to turn, but you, can't, you don't drive the car on your flicker. So when, you, when it's time to turn, we, we, we use the flicker. But you, your feelings are like a flicker. They flick on and they flick off. But you can't live on your flicker. You can't live on your feelings. But I don't feel like it. That's the enemy trying to get you lukewarm. We walk by faith and not by feelings. Why? Because your destination is dominion. And he will lie to you. He's a thief. Are you here this morning? So I don't walk by feelings. And if sickness comes into your body, what will he do? He'll tell you A, B, C, D, E. What do we do? We fight him what? With the word of, of faith. We get scripture verses and we speak life over sick bodies. We speak life over dead businesses. Can these dry bones live? Oh God, you know. He says what? Prophesy to these dry bones. What do you say to these dry bones? Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Not hear the word of Fox Television. Hear the word of ENCA. Not hear the word of the government. No, hear the word of the Lord. Are you here this morning? There are certain ways in which you take dominion. Kingdom dominion. Not possessions, amen. Oh, yeah, this morning. So he said what? And he said, Satan said to the woman, can it really be that God has said you shall not eat from every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, so he starts a conversation with you. He reasons with you in your mind. He says, we may eat from the fruit, from the trees of the garden, except from the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden. So there is an instruction. There are certain things you can or can't do. That's the way life is. It's like, Electricity is good, but it's not good if you put your finger into the socket. It's not good. There's certain things that are not good with certain things that are good. So God's Word is God's Word. You've toiled all night. You've caught nothing because you're trying to build your life in the flesh. Nevertheless, at your Word, at your instructions, we will cast out our net on the strategy of heaven. Amen. So he says what? But the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. If you sleep with that guy, you won't fall pregnant. Just one night. Condomize. That's the new buzzword. Amen. That's what they tell the young generation. Don't abstain. Condomize. That's all they say. You won't fall pregnant. 
or whatever it is. Just one of these, one of those. Everybody gets introduced to something somewhere. He's introducing her now to possession. She's in purpose. God's created Adam and Eve in purpose. Adam named every animal on the face of the planet purpose. Adam has a great purpose in front of him. Eve. She isn't, she's not on his head or under his feet. She comes out of his side. They're co-laborers. That's why your wife is not below you or above you. You stand next to each other. That's why she came out the rib. She stands next to the husband. And together they are a team. They're a force that, that, that the enemy can't stand. So he wants to bring division. Vision is one. Division is two. So you'll work hard at bringing division in your marriage. So you have to, what? Go on a date night often. Say amen, all the husbands. It's true. Wife, it was a great place to bump him and say, Creo rat and. So, but the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. Listen, for God knows, listen, for God knows. Now, the enemy is speaking on behalf of God. That's what justification does. Starts to speak in, on behalf of the word. Starts to say, Well, I know better than God. That's what pride does. That's what the enemy wants. He wants you to be full of pride. He wants you to be offended. Offense is the bait of Satan. He wants you to take offense. I saw a pastor look at me three times when he, when he preached this morning. He must have prepared that sermon just for me. No, I didn't. But if the, if the shoe fits, wear it. Amen. Why? Because God's trying to tell you something through the Word. I'm just the sower of the Word. Amen. Listen. But the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. For God knows that in that day you eat of its, your eyes will be open and you'll be just like God. So knowing the difference between good and evil and blessing and calamity. And when the woman saw that the tree was good, suitable, pleasant for food, and that it was delightful to look at, and the tree to be desired, in order to make one wise, she took. She took of its fruit. I want you to know this morning that the enemy will always get you to be a fruit wanter and not a seed planter. His focus of your life will be on fruit. Look at your life. You'll take your focus of seed because seed is the source. God is the source. He tries to remove your focus off the source of life. And He wants to put your focus on the fruit, the end result. So He made a look at what? At the fruit. Many people today feel inadequate because they feel they haven't got enough possessions. I, I want that nice car. I want that nice house. He always makes you look at the fruit, at the cost of the seed. Unless... Your life doesn't become a seed and fall into the ground and die. Notice, that's why most people, they resist or they reject the invitation to become a seed and follow Christ. Why? Because they want the fruit, the destination, heaven. But they don't want to give their life as a seed. Because the enemy will get you to a place of self-justification. You're okay. You're a good person. You're not a bad person. You haven't had an affair. You pay your taxes. You're a good person and you call your good works and your good uh, best attempt at being good. The Bible says, Paul said it's like a filthy rag before Christ. Because then you take what his sacrifice on Calvary was as nothing, as light. Christianity light. And I say this to us, not to put a heavy on us today. But to challenge you, to say to you that your destination is dominion. But notice, when you step out and you want to advance, you want to start a home cell. You want to, I mean, both my sons, and I say this publicly, I didn't know I was actually phoned to say that both your sons qualified to be pastors, and I don't, we don't, uh, uh, I'm not trying to get them to have a title, but when they phoned me, I said, oh, okay, I didn't know. They said, no, they've served so long in the church, blah, blah, blah. I mean, so what do you think? We were in Dream Week this week, and then they break into my house, and 
Then they take my one, they drive into my son's car and then they, they take the screwdriver and they break the windscreen. And then uh, it, it's what it, do you think, do you think I'm, I'm ignorant? I'll just fix the car. I'll just buy another one. I'll just, whatever, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll put another security light on. I'll put four alarms on. What must I say to you? Must I now, but what is he going to do? He's going to come in like a flood. Because when you, when you start to advance, he tries to get you to look at your possessions. He, he can only attack your possessions. So they break into your house to steal your stuff to get you to spot it. But you can have all those things. Because Jesus said, if they want your shirt, give them your jacket too. I should actually phone that thief and say to him, I saw his face on, on the camera. It's clear. Maybe we'll catch him still. And if I do, I have to pray that I don't go into my flesh, but I'll be in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I should actually phone him and say to him, oh, by the way, you forgot these three things as well. Come fetch them. To prove a point. Because the enemy will only make you focus on your possessions. So we ensure our possessions. I see these Hollywood artists, they ensure their rear ends. Huh? Your rear end's going to the coffin, my girl. It's going to the grave. It's going back to the hole. I say this to us, why? Because the enemy makes everything focus on the outer. It's the flesh. It's the outer. And so you try to walk your Christian walk in this outer walk. It's not an outer walk. It's, it's, a, it's a temple. That's why when you look at uh, the, the enemy or Satanism or uh, demons, they, they, they look for, they want to possess a temple. They want to possess a body. It's all about possession. And the Bible says, unless you don't lay your life down, if you're not willing to lose your life and give your life away, Amen. He says you're never going to save your life. You're going to stay on this hamster wheel of feeling inadequate and you're going to miss your purpose. Because you can have little. I've seen many people with a lot of money that are very unhappy. And I've seen a lot of poor people with no money and they're also unhappy. So money doesn't equate to happiness. Money can't buy you happiness. I've seen poor people be unhappy and I've seen rich people be unhappy. Money can't buy you happiness. What you need is joy. And joy only comes through the Holy Spirit. Amen. What is joy? Joy, Paul says what? He said, joy, he says, he says, I've learned to be content when I've had little, I've had much. He says, I'm not like a yo-yo Christian. I'm happy if I eat McDonald's burgers, two-minute noodles, or I'm in some uh, fine dining restaurant. I'm happy both places. I'm happy at a Formula One, and I'm happy at the, the, at the Empress Palace. I'm happy at both places. Why? Because it's not about the physical possession. Amen. It's about what possesses me. Christ, His Spirit, His, 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 His presence. Are you here this morning? Come on. Give Jesus a shout of praise all over this place as we close this morning. Come on, give Him your best shout of praise today. So the Bible says what? So she took of its fruit and she ate. And she gave some to her husband also and he ate. Because you never do something alone. There's always somebody that tries to go with you. And I've seen in the church as well, people get offended and they take three or four people with them. They won't leave by themselves. They take four people with them. It's the nature of the enemy. I say this to us this morning by the Spirit of God. As I prepared this, this series, I say it to us because right now, what is recovery post-COVID? What is it? It's people trying to get restore what they've lost. Pastor, we lost money. We lost customers. We lost, we lost territory in COVID. I want to encourage you, don't try and recover it through the natural, physical understanding of possession. You recover it, what? Through God's presence, through seeking first His kingdom, through opening up your mouth and being unashamed of the gospel, for helping people, for giving more than you ever gave before. Amen. Why? Because God's kingdom is upside down. So in closing this morning, 
So the Bible says that he got her to focus on the fruit and not the seed. That's what he does. That's why many people want to be heaven-focused, but they don't want to give their lives as a seed. Because seed is the source of life on the earth. God is the seed or source to life. But the enemy will attempt to get you to be a fruit wanter, not a seed planter, like I said. So what do you think? Why do you think the world creates systems like the lottery or like all these things? Give five rand and get 50 million. Instant, quick, quick, quick. Drive through, quick, quick, quick. Hurry, quick, quick, quick. Pastor, give me a solution quickly. Uh, I want to talk to you two minutes after the service. Quickly give me a solution for my marriage. Quickly give me a solution for my business. No, it's not quick, quick, quick. It's a process. It's a journey. The seed, the sower sows the word. It's an it's a, it's a intentional decision to be intentional with the word of God. To start gaining, like I said to you before, is get, read your Bibles. Have a daily reading plan. Reading your Bible is the food of the word. It's the sword of the spirit. It's like, you don't like, sometimes like to eat vegetables or cauliflower, broccoli, but it's good for you. You don't sometimes like to chew on the scriptures or the word because you're busy, but it's good for you. And what happens when you hit calamity, when you hit trouble, when you hit tribulation, what does God do? He speaks to us through His Word. And if there's no Word in you, He can't speak to you. Nevertheless, at your Word, we'll cast out our net. They were with the Word. There wasn't the written Word. He was still alive. So He was the the physical Word. But now He's given us His written Word. So you'll be a fool as a Christian not to read your Bibles. Why? Because that's how Jesus speaks. He speaks. He is the Word. The Holy Spirit speaks through the Word. Can you say amen this morning? So the Bible tells us the story of two. I'm going to close in a short, you know, in, a, in a few moments. But the Bible tells us that we'll continue this next week. Are you getting something? So the Bible tells us the story of two men in two consecutive chapters that misunderstood and understood the difference between possessions and purpose. Luke 18, 23, and a certain ruler, rich young ruler asked him, he said, good teacher, you are essentially and perfectly moral, morally good. What shall I do? Notice it's all about me, I, to inherit eternal life, to partake of eternal salvation in the Messiah's kingdom. And Jesus said to him, why do you call me essentially and perfectly morally good? No one is essentially and perfectly morally good except God only. You know the commandments. So he's a Jew, so he speaks to him into his culture. He says, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not witness falsely, honor your father and mother. And he replied, listen, all these things I have kept possession." All these good attributes, I, I, I kept them. It's about keeping. The, the enemy will get you to keep. And Jesus gets you to give. He gets you to release. But the enemy gets you to keep. He makes you focus on what you, what you might lose out on if you, if you lose these possessions. He was so arrogant, he came to Christ and he said, if you bow to me, I'll give you all these kingdoms, possession. He's after you focusing on possessions. And but when you seek first his kingdom and his right standing with Christ, the Bible said, God adds. The kingdom of heaven, says Jesus, is like a man who scatters seed, not scatters fruit. The enemy makes you focus on the fruit. She saw the fruit. He makes you focus on the end result. Like your sin. It's the end result. You've already committed the sin and he makes you focus on your sin. That's what he does. He wants to keep you what distracted from your purpose. Or you don't have enough money. You don't have enough education. You don't have enough uh, Bible knowledge. You don't have enough whatever. You always, you always tells you what you don't have. You don't have enough possession. He's always after possession. The Bible says, this man says, but I've kept these things. And Jesus heard it and he said to him, one thing you still lack. He says, sell everything you have and divide the money amongst the poor and you will have rich treasure in heaven. There it is, treasure in heaven. The enemy wants you to build treasures on this earth. 
And he says, and come back and follow me and become my disciple and join my party. That you see, Jesus has a party. So I always tell people when they move, people are moving to Cape Town because we have a kingdom DA here. We have a physical DA and we have a kingdom DA. The kingdom DA is a double anointing party. Amen. That's why people want to be in Cape Town. Amen. And listen, and accompany me. But when he heard this, he became distressed and very sorrowful for he was rich exceedingly so. The Bible says this, final scripture verse, Luke 18, 22, same, same verse, says this. And when Jesus heard his answer, he said, there is still one thing you haven't done. He says, sell all your possessions. So Christ always comes to us at the place where we are right now. He comes to us wherever we are right now and he says, what is more important? The possession of your own life, the possessions of your stuff, or me possessing you? Me giving you a purpose beyond your possessions. And he says, sell all your possessions. And people have an issue with this. They say, Jesus wants us to be poor. No, he doesn't. He says, if there's anything of value in the natural, that's greater than the value of knowing me and the value of serving me and the value of following me. He says, if there's anything greater, he says, you're not worthy to be used by me. And every man will have that day. Mine was the 31st of May, 1992. 30 years this year I'm saved. I used to run from God, run away from God, always felt inadequate, always felt on the hamster wheel of possession, possession, gaining more, gaining more, gaining more. I've seen, sadly, people that have been in the kingdom, in the church, planted in the church. And the, the, the main thing that I found why people start to have issues with the church is because it's about this thing called financial opportunities outside of the church. And Jesus says so. The seed falls into stony ground. And some falls into stony ground. It says it chokes the word. The, the deceitfulness that reaches the love for other things. And I want to challenge us this morning as we continue the series next week. What is your greatest possession? Is it knowing Christ? Is it having Him to live inside of you? Or is it some physical thing that you can show us on social media? Because the Bible said nothing. The greatest price He was going to pay was the price of His life. And He says if you are willing to put your faith in Him and His sacrifice on Calvary, He says you're on your way to destination dominion. You're going to start to see things you've never seen before. You're going to start to understand things you've never understood before. Because eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor enter the heart of man, the things which are laid up for those that love God, but they're revealed by His Spirit. Amen. Do you receive the Word this morning? Come on, if you do, stand, jump on your feet this morning all over this place. Come on, jump on your feet all over this place this morning. No, jump on your feet this morning and give Jesus a great big shout of praise as we close up the service this morning. Hallelujah. And he said, the very, the very next verse, Luke 9, 24, he says, whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. But whoever insists on keeping his life will lose it. And what profit is there in gaining the whole world when it means forfeiting oneself? I want the band to come right now. We're going to worship for a few moments, one more song. And as we do that, I want you to, we're not finished. We're going to finish the series next week. But I want you to take a moment this morning just you and the Lord forget your husband forget your wife right now for a few moments we're not going to be long but I feel it's important right now as we stand in this place just spend a few moments and surrender those areas of your life the worry the doubt the fear the anxiety the uncertainties the inadequacies the areas of your life you might have come to church today and you're saying to me pastor you know I'm at a place right now where I just I just don't know what to do it's because sometimes when, we, we, when the enemy keeps you worrying in your tomorrow what you'll eat or drink or wear or put on it's always about possession, what you'll wear, how you'll pay the bills. Well, but God is a gracious God.
God is a good God. If you and I, being evil, know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more won't our Heavenly Father give us the Holy Spirit, the wisdom of God, the wisdom of heaven, give us the gifts on this earth, give you strategy to cast your net and your business to that side, and bam, one telephone call and everything changes. One deal, one contract. But it starts in His presence right now. Thank you for listening to this powerful message. If your life was impacted in any way and you would want to connect to any of our CRC churches worldwide, then please go visit our website at crccapetown.co.za and click on the Plan a Visit tab. Thank you for listening.